Boom! What up, ladies and gentlemen? It's my favorite day of the week. S H I T. So happy Thursday! Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. <laughs> Boom! It's about that time. It's it cold is. in San Diego, but it's fire on the show. <laughs> all right, all you business pros out there. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review and help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests as we rise up in the podcast rankings. We will sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on and learn from you too. Go to www.insurancebros, oops, my bad, businessbros.com biz slash podcast guest to schedule your time slot and don't forget to follow us on all our social media at business bros pod ladies and gents we're super excited and so honored to bring another incredible guest on the business bros pod our guest today is a taekwondo black belt and a stellar personal injury employee when he isn't kicking ass in the ring he's delivering oh i'm sorry when he isn't fighting in the ring delivering backswing kicks to his opponent's face he's fighting for his clients kicking ass and delivering millions of dollars in insurance claim settlements our guest has been winning since early in his career he was published on immigration and law school, won over a million dollars in settlements during his first year of practice, has been featured in Forbes, Fox News, and CNN, and has over 50,000 followers on his social media. Our guest is passionate about serving the underserved, and as a polyglot attorney, he's able to help immigrants in five different languages, making sure they understand all of their rights. We're so excited to learn from this content-creating, multilingual, lead counsel-rated attorney today. So without further ado, welcome to the show, the CEO lawyer, Ali Owai! All right, it is show time. How do you like the intro? That is the best intro I have ever had. My name <laughs> is Ali Awad, and I help injured people make a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Mr. I am the law. Mr. I am the law, baby. They're taking it into your own hands. Ali, man, welcome to the program. Uh, I always start off with the first thing. You've dealt with so many people in so many different ways. How do you define success? What does success look like to the CEO lawyer? I think success is being able to do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, with whomever you want to do it with. And what does that look like to you? What's your life idea of success? So, you know, I've got, I've, I have this opinion that um, if you don't really tap into your full potential, then um, you're, I don't want to use the word disgrace, but you're insulting uh, yourself and your future generations and anyone who deserves to really have some of your potential. And I feel like because I come from an immigrant family, I have so many so many family members overseas that will never get the opportunities that we get here in the US. And so for me, I think that success is just fulfilling my own destiny and really pursuing 
my full potential. And I, that, that involves, you know, my family goals that involves financial goals that involves friendships that involves just having a good time and, and, you know, establishing a legacy. And, uh, you know, we, it's not just always about the money, you know, I know it's a, it's a business podcast and, you know, I love talking business. You know, if there's three things that I can talk about all day is business watches and cars. All day. <laughs> business but, watches you know, and cars. But sometimes man, you know, the, the definition of success, is it's it's one of those things that's if you think about it too much you won't get it mm. but if you let it just come to you and you focus more on just your reaction to things and how you can manage your stress because most of the things that happen to you you can control the outcome you can control how you react to them you can't control these external factors you can control the internal factors and so to me, based on all of these things that are happening in my life, success to me boils down to really just being happy with no matter what life throws at you, man. And I I feel genuinely happy today and I'm happy to be on this show. Nice, dude. Nice. I love it. All right. I got I got a couple of questions. Well, when, when, when you were talking about there when, you know, living up to your potential, it's funny that you say that because I always think uh, and I always set this on myself. I was like, look, if I don't at least do as well as my parents did. I have to do it better than my parents did in order for me to be at any level of success, right? They put in the hard work and effort into raising me. You know, my parents, same thing, dude. I mean, we were, I remember moving to San Diego when we were a kid, dad lost his job over here and we went homeless for a while. Like they've struggled and grinded to get us in a position to have any idea of success, any glimpse of success going forward. So I feel like I owe it to them to at least surpass the level that they've achieved in their own life uh and and you know you're you're doing the same thing you know you have your family that's represented overseas and you're and you're you're doing your hustle here and getting things go getting things going now i'm gonna take a superficial uh jab at you here you look like you're 12 bro like you look like you're <laughs> you know you, you look like you're really young uh how is that affecting you in your level of success or in the courtroom or dealing with other people in your space so uh, believe it or not, I've, I've looked young like this for a pretty long time. So <laughs> I've been dealing with this. I've had this baby face syndrome. I'll tell you the story. Um, on the day that I was graduating from law school, uh, I was taking my dad to a checkup, you know, at the doctor. And the nurse was, you know, you know, talking to us, trying to, you know, make us feel good about the whole thing. My dad is like, come on, hurry up. I have to go. My son is graduating. <laughs> and, uh, he doesn't really talk like that. You know, I got to put it. It makes the story in. better. <laughs> and... Um, she was like, oh, that's sweet. What, middle school, high school? I'm like, no, a doctorate in law. <laughs> so, um, I've actually dealt with this for a long time. And, you know, I started my first real business when I was nine years old. I started an eBay store and started selling online. Um, sold hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of electronics through middle school and high school and had seven different companies before I became an attorney, but officially became a millionaire at 27. And now I'm, now I'm 30 at the time of, I guess, recording this show. Uh, the issue that I've had with looking young is I've had to overcompensate with education. Mm -hmm. And so if you give me enough time, you give me 30 seconds just to explain to you and teach you something that you didn't know, it automatically flips a switch in your mind where you're like, okay, well, maybe this person is qualified to talk to me. This person can actually teach me something that I can benefit from. And so I've, I've used that. I've used sales through education as really the mantra for my life. And that's developed into becoming a social media lawyer. And now we've got, I don't know, like two, 300,000 followers on Instagram, you know, a hundred thousand or so on TikTok. 
and I have over 10 million views every single month on social media, which was resulting in a business where I, I generate one to $2 million every single month for my law firm, um, all through selling by education. And so when you check out my social media, it's just like, look, you can get over the baby face. You can get over this if you just realize that I've got something valuable to give you. And so for anyone else that's got a baby face and they're worried about how they can overcome that issue, overwhelm people with your education. Let them know that it's not just what's on the outside. You know, as beautiful as this face is, right? <laughs> you know, I've got something in here that's going to give you tremendous value. And so that's how I've always dealt with it. Well, let's let's dive a little bit more into the whole education space, right? Into the whole because people think about growing their social medias, me included, right? Uh, what makes a good post? Why is it that this education piece? or this education piece is better than, I don't know, some entertainment piece or that cat picture or whatever it is. Like, how did you get into your space and how are you growing your profile so that people are like, that's the baby face CEO lawyer I want to work with. So look, there is a lot of competition on social media between the stuff that's really exciting and sexy and attractive and, you know, cute puppies and food and all this stuff that you're competing with. And you got to pierce through all that noise. And so being boring is what kills. Mm -hmm. If you want to educate someone, you have three seconds to catch their attention. And so using little tricks, tricks like waving your hand before you start the video or like stop scrolling right now and watch this video. It just gives people that extra little second, like a pattern interrupt. And so there's no real like secret sauce. You just got to not be boring, you know? And mm -hmm. as long as you can grab their attention within the first three seconds, a couple of things happens. Number one is you've got their attention. So they're going to give you usually an extra five or 10 seconds before they decide to scroll. Number two is Facebook algorithm recognizes that this person is not flipping to the next post immediately because that person is watching your post longer. Facebook automatically wants people to stay on their platform. When I say Facebook, I'm including Instagram because they're obviously owned by the same company. They want to reward the uh, person that's posting the creator by letting that piece of content be shown to more people. So it benefits you multiple ways to be exciting, to grab people's attention. Then there's also a couple of additional tricks that you can employ, like having a catchy header, you know, using subtitles because like 80% of people watch their videos with the audio off. And once you pierce through that initial reaction, that initial three to five seconds, then you've got them. And so your job is just to not be boring. I, I usually talk really fast when I'm on social and you know, it, it gets people like to want to watch the content a little bit more, but I got to be honest, I post stuff every single day that just bombs. It's not like I'm an expert and I've figured everything out. No, some of the stuff I'm posting to test, to see what people want. The exciting stuff, the engaging stuff, it always does really, really well at, in terms of engagement and likes and comments and shares. But guess what? Likes and comments don't pay the fucking bills, dude. Mm -hmm. They don't. And so most creators are so focused on likes, comments, shares, engagement, not realizing that you have to put in some of that content that's specifically for your business if you plan on generating revenue from your social media. There are creators that are way better than me, better you know, being a subjective uh, ideology because they can get more engagement than me. But I have not met other lawyers that are generating as much business as I am through social media. That's because I don't really care about the engagement. Like I'll post stuff because I believe it's going to give value to people. 
They're not going to comment on every single, hey, here's what you should do if you're involved in a car accident. Or, hey, here are the three best types of insurance companies that you can work with. Or stay away from this insurance company. Yet people are not going to engage with that as much as, wow, today I settled my first million dollar case. And it's such an honor for me to be able to represent clients and really show them what I'm really worth. It's an honor for me and a privilege to be able to make the holiday season for my client and for his family. You know, God bless everyone. Thank you all for your support. Like something like that is going to elicit some sort of reaction and emotion. You're going to get likes out the ass, but that doesn't make money, dude. Like mm -hmm. you have to have that secret kind of like mix. You have to have an equal balance. You need that engagement because it boosts up some of your other stuff, but don't think that it's all about engagement. At the end of the day, this is a business podcast. We are business owners, and it's about making money. It's not just about the engagement and the likes. Me the money! <laughs> I love that. I would I wouldn't be doing spending so much effort on social media, to be honest with you, if it didn't generate business for me. Because there's so many other ways that I can provide value to people. I don't have to spend hours and days and months and years creating content, creating videos. But I know that it's it's showing up in my bank account that the bigger my Instagram account gets, the more money I make. And so I focus on delivering content. And then there's, you know, there's obviously the organic side and then there's the paid side. I spend, you know, six figures every single month running ads on social media. So it's, it's like, it's really, it's high, highly involved in terms of targeting, finding the right type of content. But all I can say is, practice, 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 keep putting out content. You'll eventually figure out what works and don't be scared to try new things, man. That's so all. you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. About one in a million. <laughs> one in a million. Uh, well, uh, take me back to when you were getting started, right? So you've achieved the level of success that many attorneys, many people in business want to get to at some point. You did it by 27, right? So take me back to the beginning. You graduate, you know, you're at the doctor's office with dad and you're just getting started in this whole law degree. How do you, how do you go from maybe I work for somebody, maybe I build my own uh, a law firm to holy crap, like I'm crushing it. Okay, that is an excellent question, and I really hope that the people that are watching this show and listening in, tuning in, uh, pay attention to this answer. Just because you feel like you're an entrepreneur and you feel like you have this ego that you're going to just do whatever it takes to succeed and win doesn't mean you're qualified to be in that business. And you can benefit so much more from focusing on the education and the networking in the beginning versus focusing on the money. I went for the education in my business. So graduated at 24 with a doctorate in law and a master's in business. I had run all these different companies online and I thought I was hot shit. Like I thought I knew how to run businesses and I was really good, but I didn't know how to run a law firm. So I accepted a job making 40 grand a year out of law school while all of my friends were making six figures. And I was, you know, in the top half of my class, like I, I performed well in law school. I mean, I, I did well, but I didn't get that highest paying job out of law school. And what happened was all my friends that were chasing the money, they go into a bigger organization where they're just a cog in the organization. They're just, hey, you just plug you in right here and all you do is just get the work done and come back. Give us those billable hours, 1,800, 2,000, 2,500, 3,000 hours a year. We make 10X return on you and you know that's, that's all we need you for. And they, they don't mind because you're making 200 grand, 250 grand. The, the dangerous part about that is that 
you don't have the skills to manage your own firm. Being a great practitioner of law or of medicine or of accounting or of engineering or of any type of business or industry doesn't mean you're a good business person. You have to understand client acquisition. You have to understand customer service. You have to understand how to market yourself when you have no resources and being resourceful. You've got to understand the digital arena that we are in. And so I'm not proud of the one or $2 million a month that I'm making now, because at this level, it's easy. I'm proud of in 2018, my first full year of business after I quit my job, I spent a total of $5,500 pushing ads on social media from my phone and generated $3.2 million in revenue. Mm. Power. And I did that. I knew that I had the infrastructure of the knowledge to maximize my cases. Any case that I got my hands on, I knew how to make a lot of money from it. Like, like I'm, a, I'm a personal injury lawyer. Like my value is all about making you money. That's it. That's how my value is. So the more money I make for my clients, the more money I make for myself. And that's why I love this business because it's sales. It's commissioned 100%. I don't get paid unless I win your case. But no matter how great of a salesman I was, no matter how great of a marketer or an advertiser or a digital nomad and a digital video guy, if you don't have the infrastructure for how to do the business and how to operate, then it's not enough. There's a ton of great advertisers out there, a ton of great marketers out there, and there's a ton of great lawyers out there too. But very few are willing to spend the time to do both because it's hard. It's hard to generate business on your own. It's hard. It's easy to just say, all right, I'm going to spend the next 10 years just learning how to try cases in, in court. Well, right? let's, let's hover on that. Let's hover on that for a second. So I, like any business, like anything you do, uh, you know, I, I played baseball in high school. It always comes down to the fundamentals, right? You play football, you know, you go to practice with the coach, always comes down to fundamentals. It doesn't really matter what you're doing. It always comes down to the fundamentals. So if, if uh, people are going to start developing those marketing skills, maybe they have the technical skills in their field, right? They're great plumbers, they're great contractors, or great whatever they are at the technical skill but they need to develop some of those marketing skills, some of those sales skills. What are some of those pillars or some of those fundamentals that they should focus in on early on? Because you can get washed away with a bunch of, a bunch of stuff in marketing, right? There's always shiny objects in, in the marketing space. So what should we focus in on as new rookie marketers to kind of develop our skills, hone in on our craft, and then start generating those, those sales? Okay, as cliche as it sounds, you have to use vulnerability. You have to use it because vulnerability is so powerful in the beginning when you really are vulnerable. The biggest mistake that new marketers and new business people make is that they try to act bigger than they really are. Mm. And when they act bigger than they really are, everyone can see through that bullshit. Everyone can. But if you instead take it this way and say, hey, guys, I've decided to start this new journey. You know, I've it, it's been pressing on my mind for the past six months. You know, my mom doesn't think it's a really great idea. My spouse, you know, has been my number one supporter, you know, during this process. And it's really scary for me, but I've decided as of today, I'm starting this new business. I would really, really appreciate it if you guys followed my page and just gave me some feedback. I will be producing some videos to educate you about what I do and how I can provide value to you. And it would mean the world to me if you just gave me some constructive criticism on my videos because I want to become the best in this industry and I've made the decision that I'm going to work on this 
for the next 10, 20, 30 years, as long as it takes to become the best. Thank you all for following my journey. Dude, you made a human connection there. Like all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, what's going to happen next? Right. I, it, it reminds me of like, you know, I had a post the other day and I was talking about the, the Kardashians, right? Because I always get people who have this, this whole thing where I tell them, look, you should be posting stuff on social media. And you get that same response every single time. I don't want people to know what I do. I don't want people to get all in my business. Right. And I, I, I can't get it through their head all the time that you have 100% control of whatever story you want to put out there. And what you were describing right now is that vulnerable factor of be honest with people, show people who you are, but we're afraid to show people who we are because I don't know, the boogeyman's going to come in and, and, you know, point fingers and laugh. I, I'm, I'm reminded of the Simpsons, that big guy or the, the, uh, I forgot his name, but he's ha, ha, like, somebody's going to come over here and like laugh at you. Right. No one's ever died from embarrassment. What's been your experience when you have that vulnerability factor growing from there? That's a great question. So using that vulnerability in the beginning, the, the best thing about it is it's going to separate the people that actually support you and the people who just want to use you. Mm. The people who legitimately want to support you are going to be there with you through thick and thin, and they're going to give you real feedback, real advice. You have to not be scared to lose people along the way. There is such a thing as a revolving door in life. There are some people that are not meant to be in your life the entire time. And there's people that are going to come into your life once you've made room for new people, mm -hmm. you know? So it's so weird to me that like my closest friends are almost twice my age. My, and these are the people that I sort of consider as mentors. They're people that I'm learning from and they're people that I can pick up the phone, call and have a good conversation. Hey man, dude, I just, I, I saw that you settled that seven and a half million dollar case, bro. Congrats. He's like, yeah, no big deal. We had a $15 million week last week. So, so I put myself around those people because I was willing to let go of the small minded people in the past. You know, a lot of us still live in high school. You know, if you're sitting here posting pictures 10 years after your high school reunion about, oh man, those are the good old days when we used to play football and soccer and all this stuff. You know, uh, I'm really, really worried for you. Okay. Uh, you should be allowing people to leave your life so that you could focus on a new growth and a new trajectory. So when you use this vulnerability in the beginning, it's going to separate the people that actually care about you from the people that just pretended to care about you. You're going to tell simply from the engagement and simply from the comments that they engage with because people that do not support you publicly will not support you privately. Hmm. And if you let them show their true colors, that's all you need because now you don't have to put any more effort on those people and you're not going to get mad when they don't hire you for your specific industry, for your specific career. Like, hey, this is what I do. And then, <coughs> excuse me. And then your best friend goes and hires someone else. Like, dude, you're supposed to hire me. Like, you know, I'm in this business. Oh, yeah, man. Well, you know, I wanted to go with the other guy because he's more professional, all this stuff. Now, nah, man, you don't support me. And that's okay. Now I know. So when you use this vulnerability in the beginning, the best value of it is that it's going to separate the people that care about you from the people that pretend to care about you. And then you focus on the people that care about you. They're going to give you real advice. Six months into it, those same people that really, really care about you are going to get tired of your shit. They're like, all right, I've helped you. Like I've listened to you. I'm, I, I don't want to see your face every single time. And even then it's okay to be vulnerable. You know, even then it's okay to say, Hey guys, look, I know I post a ton of content on social media. Feel free to mute me for 30 days. And then 
when, when the unmuting has happened, you see if I've developed into a different person. And please let me know. That way you could take a break from seeing my face and I don't blow up your feeds. But you can give me constructive feedback 30 days from now. No one does that. <laughs> no, of course not. No one's honest and tells people like, dude, I know you're tired of my shit. I know you're tired of seeing me, you know? And so being, uh, you know, really exciting and uh, charismatic and being valuable, it helps a lot, but still not everyone wants to see your face every single day. There's that fine line between entertaining, educating, and also promoting your business. So when I'm doing it on social, I rarely ask people to call me or you know hire me if they need a personal injury lawyer. That's obvious. It's it's obvious that you need to hire me. I want to educate you because the 45 seconds to a minute that I have with you, I want to make sure that's all full of value so that I'm always top of mind because no one comes to social media to be advertised to. They come to be entertained and to waste some time and maybe get educated. Remember that. You're exactly right. So let's talk a little bit about your, your work-life balance. I mean, and not in the sense of, you know, which one you balance more, but more along the lines of when you're posting stuff online, how much of it are you doing since it's entertaining, right? How much of it is you, you know, in martial arts? How much of it is it in, you know, fancy cars? How much of it is in the office? Like, I mean, obviously you probably don't know like an exact ratio or anything, but off the top of your head, like, are, are, are you, when is it that you turn that camera on and you're like, this is a perfect moment right now, boom. So uh, there is, there is no real like sixth sense of knowing, hey, I'm about to get into something that's going to be amazing. It's just document as much as you can and then see, like even right now, I've got cameras on right now because I'm worried that if I say something brilliant and I don't catch it on video, someone <laughs> miss out on this amazing mind, you know? See, that's also how cocky I am, right? I, I say shit like that to fluff up my ego. But just keep recording it's, and, and you might catch something that's great. And so I think you have to get into the mindset of being a creator. You have to be always ready to create videos, shoot content and feel free to share stuff. You know, like it's okay to just be funny. Like I kill it with memes, dude. Like we do a ton of memes and you'd think that lawyers should not use memes, but I make them exciting and I make them funny and I make them relevant to my business and they get great engagement. And then the very next video where I'm teaching someone about medical payments coverage and personal injury protection on their insurance policy, it gets a little bit more views, but I'm okay with not getting crazy amount of engagement because I know that I've done enough entertainment and, and uh, fun stuff throughout the week. So if you want a ratio, man, I like to follow the 80-20 rule. 80% of the stuff that you post on your social media should not be promotional or advertising or marketing your business. It really should be focused primarily on bringing value and entertainment to your audience. I've seen lawyers' pages that all they do is just repost memes and jokes and stuff like that 100% of the time. You're missing the key ingredient. Like, you, yes, you've got great engagement, and yes, you've got likes and comments and followers and all this stuff, but you're not making money. What are you doing? So you've got to give them at least something about your business and keep that seed being planted over the years. And people are going to look back and be like, man, this dude's been putting out content since 2017. Like, I, I feel like... You know, if I need a lawyer, I'm going to hit this dude up. All right. I want to know what your lawyer. I'm your huckleberry. I'm your huckleberry. I want to know what your lawyer counterparts are thinking, because just like for us in the insurance space, insurance people are horrible for the most part when it comes to social media, not on it, 
barely on it, don't post anything, right? Very conservative. And I know attorneys tend to be the same way. Uh, what do people, what do you hear around the water? You know, what are your peers telling you when it comes to what you're doing online compared to what they're doing online? So I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia. The peers in Georgia hate me. The peers in other states love me because I'm not their competition <laughs> yet. Yet. <laughs> so, so the thing is, yeah, my, my, my biggest uh, critics are Georgia lawyers. And, you know, I would definitely say that they don't like me. Uh, for the most part, because I'm disrupting the industry. And that sounds so cliche, like, oh, I'm disrupting the industry because I'm putting some videos on social media. Nah, dude, I'm a trendsetter. And I'm creating a new trend for lawyers throughout the entire country. And I promise you, right now, it's 2020 when we're recording this. In 2030, when people are thinking of who the godfather is of social media for lawyers, they're only going to think of the CEO lawyer. Because I believe in this so much, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to put my entire life and all my energy into this to become the number one lawyer on social media in the entire country. But I'm going to do it in a way where it's not just about, you know, uh, shaking my ass, you know, and dancing and, and doing like this, this petty stuff just to get likes and comments. I'm going to do it the professional way. I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to entertain you. I'm going to educate you. And I'm going to show you how I took my firm from zero to a billion dollars in the next 10 years. And that is not an understatement. Boom. Damn fire, dude. Straight out the gate. All right. And in 30 minutes, I can't believe our time is like coming to an end here, dude. I've learned so much about you. First of all, just the pure energy that you have when you walk into a, I can't say a room here, a virtual room, right? The pure yeah. energy that you have is, is amazing. I love it. Um, it's, it's something that, uh, I think is infectious amongst people. Uh, and, and it comes off really well, especially on camera. And I, and it's funny because, uh, you know, my wife always goes, I know when you start, cause your energy level comes up a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Feel like your energy level has to be higher when you're on camera. It's kind of like the camera adds 10 pounds. Well, it also takes your energy level down like 10 times. So you got to pick yourself up. You know, why surely, yeah. Tell me the reason that you have to increase your energy on camera is because it's a layer of separation in communication. So face-to-face -face communication, you would never yell at someone the way you're yelling at me now. And the same no, way- hell no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you just don't do it. Face-to-face, -face, you don't do it. But then there's a, a degree of separation from that, which is like telephone or video two-way communication, right? But the next layer of separation is when it's a one-way camera. And so you don't see the other person that's viewing your content. Mm -hmm. So you have to overcompensate and go an octave or an eighth of an octave, a little bit higher, more energy, more charisma, more enthusiasm. So I literally get like, I start sweating like crazy because it's so much, so draining when I do my videos and I get pumped up. Like, I, like when I start yeah. talking, dude, I can't, like, I love it. I absolutely love it. And that's why, like, I was learning that from one of my mentors, Ed Milet. Was, was explaining why he gets so hyped on stage. It's just another layer of separation in that communication. So one-on-one, -on -one, I don't need to yell at you. I don't need to do all this exciting stuff. Two-way communication, it's, it's a layer. It's, it's removed. It's a step removed. You're 3,000 miles away from me right now, but we're still having this engaging, fun conversation. But the, because you have this personality that you want to be exciting and you want to give people just raw, unadulterated, awesome content, just straight from your brain, you got to bring that energy. And so that's the reason why psychologically is because you're, it's a degree of separation in terms of our, our, our level of communication. That's why. 
See, man, that's what I'm talking about, dude. All right, all right. Uh, I got last last couple questions here before we head out. Number one, uh, before we before we leave, I got to make sure I get you your plug. Let our audience know how the how they can get a hold of you. Sure, man. Uh, so my name is Ali Awad, and I do help injured people make a lot of money. Uh, I am. If you want to find me on social media, I'm the CEO lawyer. I'm the CEO lawyer on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. Um, the CEO lawyer is trademarked CEO lawyer.com. That's my brand. My brand is my face and I'm everywhere. So if you hear about the CEO lawyer, that's me. And if anyone is on this show listening and, and, and decides to follow me on Instagram and you shoot me a DM and say, Hey man, I heard you on the business bros podcast, you know, and I wanted to just reach out to you and ask you a couple of questions. I will do my best to respond to you. I do charge. Well, it's currently a thousand dollars an hour for consultations starting in January is going to be 2000 an hour, but I will, because you are coming from the business bros podcast, I will respond to you and I will give you my time because I want to be valuable. And especially for the people that are on this show. So thank you. Ali, dude, you are amazing. Thank you very much. Uh, from one content creator to another, what do you think of our overall production? Everything from when you book to, you know, what you get to being on the show. What do you think of the business bros podcast? I think that, um, you guys are underrated and I think, if I, if I were to guess, I don't, we didn't, we, we haven't talked about your financials. If I were to guess, I would say you're not spending anywhere near enough money promoting yourself on digital and on social. And if you're scared to promote yourself, no one else is going to do it for you, bro. Um, just to give you a little bit of insight into my mind, I try to be broke by the end of the year. Next year, we're shooting for 10 million net. And I need to be broke by the end of the year, meaning I need to spend at least 10 million throughout the year, whether it's in payroll, marketing, growing the business, infrastructure, technology, whatever it is. My guess is that you're not spending enough money to grow your brand. Other than that, you're severely underrated and more people should be listening to you because you guys are entertaining. You guys have a lot of potential and you should be sharing that with the world. And it would be an insult to you and to your audience to not give people more of you. Dude, I, I gotta drop it. James, where is it? Where is it at? Where is it at? There it is. Damn! That's exactly how I feel. Dude, that was probably the realest, uh, most like jab right at my heart comment that I've ever had on the show. Cause you're exactly right. I mean, we're not spending nowhere near enough. Uh, but dude, thank you very much. I needed to hear that. Hey, no problem, bro. And that's, that's the thing. I, I mean, a lot of people are not going to like me for some of the things that I say, but I'm going to keep it real and I'm going to be honest with you. It's very easy just to be honest because I never have to keep track of my lies, you know, or rather just be honest and give you the, the, the truth from day one, you know. Appreciate but, you, man. Yeah. That's I 100% agree with you. That's I'm the same way, dude. I'm uh, 38 years old and finally like realizing stuff like, dude, there's I, well, not finally, but most of my life I've been that that exact same way, right? Like, why make it up? There's no reason to. Uh, first of all, I can't keep track, like you said, right? But second, I think it's just you sleep better at night. Like you have no qualms, no worries, no nothing because you just laid it out. Like that's just what it is. There is a one little fine line there, though. Um, so someone asked me recently, what's the the biggest thing that I regret that I've done in my past? And I, I am a straight shooter. I love being honest and I just don't like sugarcoating things and, and sometimes to my own peril. And so the thing that I regret most is not being nicer to people in the past. I'm still working on that. I know I have an ego problem. I know I have a humility problem and I'm working on that by exposing myself to people that are doing way more than I am, more than I ever thought was possible. 
But you can be honest and truthful with people without being an asshole. And the problem was that I used to think that, hey, I'm just a straight shooter was as an excuse for being an asshole in the past. And so it's okay to be honest and you should be honest. You should be straightforward, but don't let it go past the point of not being nice and not being kind to people because kindness really does go a long way. Man, I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. I know, dude, this would have been like a thousand dollars worth of your time. So thank you for taking the time to come on. Bro, thank you so much for having me, man. And uh, look, we'll, we'll chat offline a little bit. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see more of you guys for sure. Thank you, guys. All right, ladies and gents, again, it is SHIT. So happy it's Thursday. We will see you again, manana, on Friday. Peace out, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.